0: Hi, and welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions. This is episode 102, The Magic from Bird. I'm here with my shaman sister, Michelle Hawk, and welcome to our podcast. If you're new, we have 101 other amazing episodes for you on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and YouTube, so like and comment and share and subscribe and all of the good and great, wonderful things. We're so happy to have you here in our community. And today we're talking about the magic key, which is that magical key, that magical thing that's going to open everything up, open up all the doors to all of the transformation that you've ever wanted and make life happier, easier, more productive, and everything you ever dreamed of. So we're super excited to bring you this magic key today.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. This is uh, one of our favorite topics to talk about. Catherine and I spend a lot of time talking about the magic key in terms of our own personal practice and our clients' practices. And, you know, it felt like it was time that we brought it to share with all of you. So, right.
0: Kat, do you? Oh. Well, I, I think... You know, so let's talk about how we see people maybe showing up for the magic key um, and, you know, how we often see the things that are going on for us and we really want the, this fix. We want something that's going to fix all of the things and we want the, we want the key and it, it seems Like, we need to keep searching for it and looking and looking and trying to find it. But, you know, we're here to give it to you today. (laughs) So, Kat, what is the magic key, then? Well, the magic key is that there's no magic key. (gasps) I know, I know. It's horrible, isn't it? (laughs) But at the same time, it's really exciting and wonderful, uh, I think, because... (laughs) If we had the magic key, like everybody would be in this perfect state of blissed out perfection, and wouldn't be doing what they came here to do, uh, which is actually more around figuring out all the myriad number of of keys and and different things that we're we're utilizing in order to uh, figure ourselves and the world out, um, but usually we go for the magic key because we're trying to avoid pain and we're having some great discomfort. We're having some really intense pain in our life. And so we are willing to, you know, do just about anything once to, <laughs> to see that pain be alleviated. And, um, and we, Michelle and I talk about this a lot because we get inquiries from people quite often that are the magic key seekers who are usually uh, wanting to know how to do one session and how to relieve often a pretty big deal uh, and, and get through something pretty major in one session. And, uh, they also want to do it really cheaply (laughs) (laughs) and oftentimes. Um, but you know, this, this shows up in different ways too. And we all do it. I do it. Michelle does it. Uh, you know, we, we tend to call it, call ourselves or each other out on it sometimes, but, uh, but it's, it's something that we do because we want the answer. We want to know, we want certainty, we want clarity and we want, a thing that's going to switch us from this place to that place immediately. Mm. And
1: again, this is, Kat Kath and I have no problem outing ourselves on this because this is a natural part of uh, of anyone's process, especially looking at the environment that we're all raised in, right? And so we, um, you know, we live in a community in, in the United States, we live in the modern Western world where we are conditioned to believe based on principles in advertising based on um, the news that we see everything marketing oriented is pointing at there is something wrong with you this product or service can fix this thing that is wrong with you and here it is just this simple step or these simple purchases that you can make to be perfect Right. And the magic key, like you know, one of the fallacies of the magic key, as Kat was saying, you know, it's it would be almost a disservice to have the actually it would be. I feel pretty confident saying having a singular magic key would be a great disservice because it implies this kind of singularity of perfection instead of all of the multitude of ways that we can come into growth and life and love and joy and and ultimately know that perfection is a multifaceted concept, not just a one one shot deal
0: right uh, I was reading something someone had sent me yesterday that said that they had seen an ad on you know Facebook or whatever that was basically selling a $49 product that was going to uh, that was going to fix your lifelong, you know, uh it was about being unworthy. Your unworthiness. It was going to fix your unworthiness for $49 and, you know, and what a however, deal. What a deal. What a, you know, a few hours of of webinars and your unworthiness is going to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And we see this in other places, right? Oh, buy my $17 abundance package and you're going to be abundant. And by this this or that and you're going to get this and it's it's not that you can't get that out of the a program you know programs are very helpful but there is a tendency that we have to kind of make things in this black and white manner of like oh now I'm this and then I'm that and this is this is where what i want so if i if i do this one little thing then it's going to completely shift you know everything about this very entrenched possibly lifetime or even many lifetimes pattern of behavior and belief and so when we're looking at something like that it is like Michelle's saying, it's multifaceted, it's energetic and spiritual and emotional and oftentimes physical, environmental. It's beliefs and thoughts and words and feelings and actions and habits and patterns and family and all of these things are all wrapped up into this amazing being that you are. And so you you can't Oftentimes, have a huge transformation unless you're willing to look at everything.
1: Mm, yeah, and I don't know of any one thing that addresses all of those, right? And if you do know of any one thing, go ahead and leave that in the comments because, hey, that might very well be the magic key that we're saying doesn't exist. But as far, I feel pretty confident in saying there is no one thing that can address and serve and and help you come into the full illuminated expansive actualized state of all that you are in all of these different areas because we are multi-dimensional complicated beings that are existing not only in this space and time and in this body in this moment that is now but also in all of these other um you know in in our karmic realities and our past life realities and future self realities all these pieces you know it's like (sighs) ah Thank goodness there's no magic key. Instead, there are so many magic keys, but let's, let's look at Kat. I would love to help our people kind of tune into what might be some of the things that we commonly see as magic keys. What are some of those pieces?
0: Um, so we might get involved in like a, a very charismatic leader or mentor or you know, like a spiritual leader or something like that and sort of see this um, you know, cult <laughs> of personality or you know, culture as the key that if I just follow the teachings enough, if I just follow the 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 you know, the word of the person who's leading this and do everything they say, then I will whatever, be happy, find love, love myself, usually is the thing we're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll somehow have that, right? Or I'll in, we can even see this in, in religions, I'll be saved, right? But what a huge thing that is, just to think about those words. Like I'm going to be saved if I do these very specific things and I follow the key exactly I will be saved. My soul will be saved from eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing by something outside of me, by me giving my power away, by choosing to follow an edict created by another human or humans. Yeah. Not even I will save myself. Right. Or
1: I will cultivate the tools to, um, to feel empowered in my own safety and my own salvation.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't even really have to do anything. Uh, There's also the interesting thing, right, about being saved and being forgiven. It's like, well, I don't even have to be a better person because I can just be forgiven, right? (laughs) I can just, I can figure out how to loophole uh, the actually being a better person if I have the keys, right? Mm -hmm. I have the key. I know that I'm saved because of this practice or this person or this, culture, this structure, this religion, this community. And so I have the secret and because I have the secret, I don't actually have to look at myself or change my behavior or live as a better human. Mm, awesome. Yeah. It's it's like the,
1: I, I'm going to be okay if I repent on my deathbed and I'll still go to heaven. Right. It's like that that same idea. We right, see- that's,
0: that's a magic key.
1: Right. Repent. For example, right? So you can spend your entire life being an asshole and still repent on your deathbed, you're going to be okay. Maybe not, right? Again, we're looking at there is, no, it, what if there is no magic key slash there is no magic key. Another fallacy that that is not necessarily in, um, in in unique to spiritual culture, I'll say, but like people seem to want to have, and maybe you've heard people talk about this, or maybe you've even had this idea yourself, but People are like, I want to be able to eat anything I want, but I still want to look like this particular model, right? And so I want the magic key that will let me eat whatever I want without having to work out and still have this particular physique. And that seems to be rampant in, um, in nutrition and diet culture, right? It was like, here's this pill that you can take. So that's another example of a magic key of like, here is this one thing really like be on the lookout for any person or any product. Um, I think even celery juice is a magic key, right? Are
0: people still into celery? celery Oh yeah. People are doing, I was just having a conversation with a couple, couple of days ago with somebody who's doing the celery juice and it's like, well, I read the book and, and, and how it was described to me was like, I read the book, I drank the Kool-Aid, I'm drinking the juice. Like, I, I don't know if it's helping me. I don't know anything, but I'm drinking the juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, great. Drink the juice. Like, it's probably good for you. Uh, and it's, it's also that interesting thing where we're always looking for the one thing that we can, we can, somehow incorporate or change that's going to uh, fix everything. Uh, We also see this in terms of like, um, what do they call it? Like biohacking Mm, and people who are super, and this is very like the entrepreneurial scene is very into the biohacking and especially like the dude entrepreneurial scene. I'll just call you brothers out right now with the like, okay, we need to like neotropics and we need to uh, take these very specific very expensive supplements and the it, it's it's very it, it's very well thought out it's very intelligent it has a lot of science behind it and it improves your flow state and it improves your intelligence and it it does all of these things and sure yeah and it's also a form of magic key seeking that we do and it's not that any of these things are bad. Celery juice is great. You know, supplements are great. Take them. Uh, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you want to do, do it. But it's looking at ourselves and where are we engaging with our practices or our seeing practitioners or whatever from a place of like, I'm broken. I'm less than. I need to fix myself. I'm needy. I need more. I have all this desire. I have all this want. I have all this need. I'm not okay at the core of everything because that not okayness is not going to be fixed by celery juice. Unfortunately. Sorry to break. Unfortunately. I wish that celery juice would fix. I'm not okay. I don't love myself. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and and so like
1: we have this, um, you know, just to kind of like go over the list. We have products like different products of supplements and celery. Just kale, I think, went through its its phase, its heyday. Right, yeah, it
0: was definitely the
1: the key to everything. Uh, cauliflower, I think, is we now know
0: we now know cauliflower is the key, is the everything. key,
1: is the magic key. I see people like posting memes of like, how, you know, does anyone know how to make toilet paper out of cauliflower? Right, in light of our current situation, like, yeah, it really can be anything at all. Um, but also, this crystals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essential oils. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Some of my essential oil people out there, you guys have gone too friggin' far. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Pretty much like any or healing technology or the biomats or lights, like certain lights, or tuning forks, right? Like, honestly, they're, the list goes on and on. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. Like I have tuning forks, I have essential oils, I love cauliflower, but I'm not ever, you're not ever gonna hear me say like, this is the thing that made the difference in my life. There's not not any one thing, right? But it's really easy for us. And again, Kat and I have been there slash we still are there. You know, it's like, I just need the one tarot card that's gonna tell me that everything's okay. And then you get a card that doesn't tell you that. And, that, and it's like this, okay, are you going to sit with that as a blow? Like sometimes I still go there I'm like, oh God, maybe everything's not going to be okay. Or is it just like, hey, here's a different perspective. And also if I don't like the tarot card, I can move on with my life and know that it's, it's okay to take it with a grain of salt and not necessarily live that as the end all be all.
0: Right. And I think Michelle did this about a week ago where she was like, Here, here's the cards I picked. And, and she had this interpretation. I was like, well, here's my interpretation of that. And she was like, oh, actually that, that feels okay. I'm okay. with that. <laughs> like, like, um, Because we also have our, we have this fantastical standard for ourselves and our lives of like what something has to be in order for it to have value for us right like the ceremony i i have to have gone to the depths of the deepest pain i've ever felt and i have to have cleared five lifetimes worth of karma and I have to have communed with my dead dog and my grandmother at the same time, and you know, in order for it to really be valuable. And I've seen people get bummed that they came out of what should be just a devotionary place of presence that they didn't get enough out of it, that it wasn't enough. For them, that transformation wasn't enough. The the realization wasn't enough, and I've been there too, where I've been like, "Oh, that was that was kind of boring, <laughs> or whatever." Right? I'm expecting more of something. Yeah. Um, so I think we we start having these experiences, and then we set these super high standards for for what we're expecting out of things, and. Sometimes as we go through our healing process and our journey and the journey of opening your channel, the journey of becoming more psychic, the journey, journey of becoming more intuitive, the journey of becoming a better healer, things actually get more subtle, more simple, more easy, less dramatic, less intense, less blow your brains out and more like embodied and, and patient and just present. Yeah. And that can feel anticlimactic when you've gone through a big awakening or big healing process.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, what you're describing is super important as this is sort of a, a natural trajectory that pretty much any practitioner goes through, any, any seeker goes through. And And I remember years and years ago being in this like blow you away experience of meditations and messages, etc. And granted, I mean, I still have some pretty powerful experiences, but it's also like, it's a more mundane type of thing. I don't I, I guess that's a good word for it, right? Like it becomes this sort of everyday normal experience. And sometimes it could be that, you know, the messages or the information or the experiences are getting less explosive, because we don't need our attention grabbed in the same way. Right. And so, you know, as we're becoming more sensitive, we're attuning to these subtle nuances. And so it, so we don't actually need a magic key. Like we don't need to, you know, think about like in mythology, for example, right. There are so many examples that we have of heroes and heroines going on this grand quest to find the magic key, whether the magic key is in the form of a tool or an object or a guide, right. Like a magic key could be a person or a a mentor, or some sort of idea, but it's like, they climb the mountain and they um, you know, swim across the ocean and they battle all the demons in order to pick the flower that will give eternal life or whatever it is. And then they discover that, oh, they actually didn't need the flower at all. They needed to you know, learn this thing about themselves, right? So then it's almost this, the, um, this bait and switch of we have the magic key so that we do the quest. And as a result of doing the quest, we discover that we don't need the magic key.
0: Right, and yeah. And I think that this speaks to our um, tendency to get lost in the process, to get lost in the practices, to get lost in, uh, as you were saying, like the big dramatic visions that you were getting. We have a tendency to go into meditation and we have an experience And then to get lost in that experience and to mistake that for the magic key. Oh, well now people come to me a lot and they're like, well, I had this experience in meditation or I had this experience in ceremony and it was so profound and it was so intense and it was so beautiful or significant or whatever. This must truly mean This right, it it means that I'm I've I've created I'm enlightened. There are a lot of people that I've talked to, who are like, oh, well, this means that I'm somehow this savior or I'm somehow this thing uh, in the world. It it means something so significant, and it feels very significant when we have these mystical experiences. It absolutely does, and it's not to take away the significance of your experience, but. All of the masters throughout time said, hey, watch out for those things because Mm -hmm. those are the things that you need to just surrender Mm -hmm. and let go of and not become overly invested in them because you'll get lost in that excited phase. You get lost in that. And that's where I've seen a lot of people who get so lost in hunting the excitement and hunting the bliss and hunting the big powerful experience, that that becomes the focus of life. And that becomes this constant, like that quest they you're talking about where they pick the flower and then go, don't actually have the realization that they didn't need the flower. And now they're just out running around, still running around the world, picking flowers and didn't get the the deeper thing. And it's almost like their guides are just like, oh, it wasn't the flower, dude, it was not the flower.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you said a couple words. I, I want to dial back because um, you were talking about ceremony and you said two words in particular that I would love to highlight as if there is no magic key, then what are we doing? Like, what is the magic key if there is no magic key? And you were talking about ceremony as a devotionary practice. And I think those two, devotion and practice, are. Are things that I want to leave people with as if indeed there is no magic key, then what's the point, right? And what are we doing? We're talking about this journey of, um, you know, going to find the flower that gives eternal life, only to discover that the flower isn't the point, and here are, are these other things. But um, or what did I? You said devotionary pres- and presence. Did I say that or did I say practice?
0: You said practice, but devotionary presence and practice, let's let's three. all three. We got three <laughs> go now. Three. Okay, great. I, I
1: meant presence. But it's like, how would we know that unless we had the the presence to be fully involved and immediate in what was going on, how would we know that unless it were this aspect of devotion, meaning we're paying attention, meaning we're we're in this process of generosity and giving and participation? And how would we know that unless we had practice, unless we were doing it over and over and over in order? to to ingrain this way of being that comes from presence and devotion yeah what are you if you were to to say like this there is no magic key but these things instead what would be some of the things that you would want people to know
0: i think that there is no let's say there is no magic key but (laughs)
1: we could write a little song there is no magic key but
0: I I think that when we allow ourselves to come from a place of okay I'm going to simply be with myself and work on myself and uh, and follow the breadcrumbs of my life and continue to search out the things that they bring me life and make me feel more loving and uh, create more uh, more energy and more possibility and more expansion and uh, expression in my life i'm going to engage with those things and I'm going to look at when when i 'm stopping myself from doing those things than to look at why I'm stopping myself from doing those things and find the stuff under the stuff. And that's the magic key, but it's so many layers and levels of, of, of being present with, with those things and, you know, learning and discovering and, and creating things new and, and figuring out who we are, uh, that it's, it's, a lifetime of unfolding and so there's something very beautiful about giving yourself permission to be in a lifetime of unfolding that everything is unwinding in its own time and your commitment to the things that you want to do and the things you want to see and the things you want to feel will encourage you to engage with the things that are going to help you open and heal and transform and be the better version of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that that's one of the magic keys. We get really uh, impatient. We get really um, frustrated. We get really unkind to ourselves. Uh, We we beat ourselves up. A lot of us use our own healing and our own spiritual practices. It's just another way to make ourselves feel horrible about ourselves. Mm. So I think that's a really big magic key. Stop, stop beating yourself up. <laughs> did you read an article about that? Like, stop using your practice to beat the shit out of yourself? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. So right. stop, stop doing that. That was a good article.
1: P.S. In <laughs> case you article. haven't read it. People can find it on your Facebook. I, or your blog. I have no idea where that thing is. No idea. I might have put it on Facebook. Okay. Well, if, if you want to do it, might on w- my blog. I don't know. Great. So search for that because I highly recommend it. it. It was a really awesome advice. But I, I think you know to segue off of what you're saying, Kat. It's like having the the idea of a magic key implies that there's almost this like finish point or achievement marker right of like i will be good or i will be worthy of love or i will have achieved a certain thing when i attain this magic key and it's almost like well if you know we're looking at the kind of these two different worldviews, right what you're describing as allowing your life to be this continual unfolding this continual learning process of of discovery where there is no end result there is no like you won when you reached a certain level, right? Like you you conquered the video game or whatever you know metaphor you want to use on this. Instead, it's like this continually evolving journey. Versus, on the other hand, when you obtain this magic key, you know that's makes everything easier. And like how you introduced our episode today, right? The magic key that will make your life easier and solve all your problems and um, help you become everything you want to be, right? So it's this 20
0: pounds have the
1: perfect relationship. Exactly. Right. Make, make six figures in 60 make days. Six or,
0: figures in 60 days. Uh,
1: right. That's a magic <laughs> key. Yes. In the case you haven't figured that out, pretty much any business coaching marketing thing that you see that promises a certain level of income is a magic key. So it's, it's this like different worldview. And, and so I invite people to ask, ask yourselves, what sort of worldview do you want to sign up for? Do you want to sign up for a worldview where your problems can be solved by a certain thing? If you figure out what that thing is, where there is, you know, a, a condition upon which you're placing your healing and your actualization of, I will be healed when I be, do have X, Y, Z, or this more process, playful presence, practice, devotional oriented unfolding of your path.
0: Mm-hmm. And also to live as if. So, what if instead of searching for the mag- magic key, you lived as if you already held the magic key? Because guess what? If there is a magic key, you already got it, it just, you don't know it yet. So it's waiting for you to realize that you had it all along. Like, I don't know what what story that's from, but I had it it all along. It was here with me all along. (laughs) Yeah, Wizard of Oz, right? She had the shoes on the whole time. Exactly. With me all along. All of that wandering and skipping and trudging with witches and monkeys and (laughs) poppies and all the rest of it and she had it all along the magic was with her all along Mm. love it yeah so how would your
1: life be different if you assumed that you already had the shoes on
0: right right or then you can go home you can just be in love you can just be kind you can just love yourself more you can just and that seems very simplistic way of of talking about this, yeah. but when we let ourselves open to the possibility of, oh, well, yeah, what, what if I already was the thing that I'm looking for? How would I choose to behave and act? What would my life look like? How would I talk to people? How would I talk to myself and then do that? I love that's that. a practice. That's a big practice. That's like the biggest practice to be like, ah. oh, if I if I did love myself, how would I choose to talk to myself about this current situation? Right. Oh, probably not the way I am.
1: Yeah. Raise your hand if you're working on that right now. <laughs>
0: Everybody, right. everyone, Everyone's
1: raised. I can't see you as you're watching this later, but I'm assuming you're raising your hand. If not, you're probably lying. So... Just just so you know, we're in the same boat with you. Don't worry about it. It's it's okay. There's plenty of room here. And and with that, you know, we we get to have a sense of humor about it, right? So that's also when Kat and I were talking about making this episode on like we should make an episode about the magic key. Because and and honestly, the reason why we're making this episode is because for for many reasons. Again, we've talked about this a lot. We talk about this when it comes up for us. We talk about it when we have people that that ask us, like, hey, can you help me solve this monumental, multi-lifetime, multi-generational problem in a single session? And can I pay you less than $200 for it? It's like, wow, what do you think is going to happen? Or what do you think I'm going to give you in in that? Um, And in light of our current circumstances, you know, in, in light of everything, and again, the content of this episode goes beyond the COVID situation. But right now we're recording this. It's April 14th. 2020. We're in the middle of this whole COVID situation. And there are, I understand the temptation for a lot of us to be looking at, okay, what is the magic fix? What is the magic key that is going to alleviate pain? Right, Kat, you said that at the beginning of our episode is like people look for a magic key to alleviate pain. And right now there's a lot of pain happening. There's a lot of trauma in the world. So we're looking for what is the one thing that's going to save our asses? What is the one thing that is going to alleviate as much pain as possible personally and collectively? What if that magic key doesn't exist? Slash what if we already have it and we just need to remember?
0: Right. And you know, what's fascinating is that everybody's arguing about the magic key that we're like, Hey, there's no magic key. And we're like, we're arguing about the magic key. Um, you, You know, because it's like, okay, well, not a thing, but let's go ahead and argue about it. Um, and, and I think that that's kind of what we do internally too. We're like, okay, well the magic key is this, but I don't have that magic. Like the magic key would be if I was making six figures, that would be the magic key of my life. If I was making six figures, then I would be happy and I would have a good relationship and my kids would love me. And, um, And then we start looking at how the fact, like, well, I don't have the magic key, but I'm going to start arguing about basically internally about the magic key, about whether I deserve it, about whether I can do it, about whether anybody values me. Like we go, we spin out, like if I had it, would I do it right? Would I turn into a rich asshole? Would like, we spin out inside of ourselves, arguing about something that hasn't even happened yet because we are... Giving it the, that, this value of the magic key instead of, like I said, living as if, right? Well, okay, well, if if I was doing that, what would be different internally in the way that I'm thinking, in the way that I'm behaving, in the way that I'm, you know, it, in the way that I'm taking care of my budget and my finances and the way that I'm, you know, working on my business, like what would it, what would it look like? Um, and in this way, I think that we fall into the trap again and again of sort of putting everything outside of ourselves as good or bad and then engaging with it from that perspective and then kind of ending up in a um, Like spinning our wheels. We're not actually going anywhere, We're not actually accomplishing anything. We're not actually doing anything. We're just engaging with this, this unknown possible scenario that would fix everything Mm -hmm. and does that make sense i don't know if that that makes complete i don't know if that makes total sense or not
1: yeah well it's like you're and then you are creating you're continuing to perpetuate the reality where you're lacking the thing
0: right right yeah yeah so i yeah totally hear you okay cool (laughs) i was like i don't know if that (laughs) all makes sense (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, totally makes sense. And, and for people, I, I hope you're following along, but just like, again, it's looking at this, um, you, you know, speaking to that kind of which worldview do you want to buy into, right? Do you want to buy into the worldview where you are inherently lacking something that exists outside of you? Or do you want to buy into the worldview where you already have that? Or even if, even if you don't already have it, you're acting as though you do, which inherently then affects, like we were talking about this magic key being a, a, inherent fallacy because we are much more multifaceted than that, right? But acting as if you already had the thing does affect your physiology. It affects your mindset. It affects your sleep. It affects your nutrition. It affects your relationships or communication, right? So no matter what that thing is, really buying into the worldview like Kat's talking about of it, it creates this Different momentum, like a different energetic trajectory where you're coming from a place of having and being and embodying and actualizing and devotion to your own presence and to the practice of your life rather than this devotion to deficit, right? This devotion to the reality where I am not worthy and I do not have that. And it is impossible for me to, or or it is conditional me achieving or obtaining these things upon this other thing
0: mm-hmm
1: does that help
0: yes I think I mean I you said it great that.
1: I'm just putting no extra I, I yeah I
0: just need yeah. it's needs some extra it needs extra good word word ads <laughs> well hopefully we <laughs> did that good word ads. great good word ad yeah um, yeah so I think I think also that like you're saying that we are these multi-faceted beings and there's so many layers of who we are and um And so it's kind of like, well, there could be a little key. There's lots of little keys here and there Mm -hmm. and to have enough flexibility to be like, okay, this is my key right now. This is the way that I'm engaging with my practice and my presence and my devotion. We, we listed those as the three things. So This is the way that I'm engaging with my practice, my presence, and my devotion right now. And that might be breath work or yoga or celery juice or finding a mentor or a healer or um, writing every day or painting or anything, anything, anything. This is the way I'm an expression of my devotion, my presence, and my practice. And if you do that and then be flexible enough to go, yeah, today we're, you know, I'm, I'm going to engage in something different. I'm going to mix it up. Um, Michelle's been working out a lot recently and lifting weights and it's like, okay, right now is the time for weightlifting. And, (laughs) and for me, I have a new cat who I can hear snoring on the couch. So, um, I've, I've been like, yeah, now my meditation right now is cat petting. Like I've been just like my meditation, I'm just petting the cat. That's the meditation to this morning because he's there. So he's the magic key right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the magic key that I'm engaging with. How do I know it's the magic key? Because it's opening my heart and it's creating devotion and presence and practice. I love that. That's hey, you want the litmus
1: test for what is your magic key right now? That's that's the question. And then Kat, I love how you're painting that of like we we can have lots of different magic keys that are changing, you know, in moment to moment slash day to day right? So yeah, mine right now is is walking a lot and and working out. Like right now, I would say mine is physical practice, right? In terms of like being outside a lot and walking and lifting heavy things. And, um, and I know it is impacting all these other areas of my life. It's helping me, you know, sleep better. It's helping my, um, you know, my mental focus. It's helping me balance my nutrition more effectively because now I'm training and I need to balance that, you know, nutritionally and, and all these other pieces, it's supporting my work with my clients, right? So it is impacting more than just my physicality, but I'm not only doing that one thing, right? And, and you're not only spending time with your cat, right? You're doing your practices and you're doing all these other pieces. There are you only spending time We're with Baxter? Only, only
0: like that's it. That's all I got going on. Great.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> even so, that's okay. Because it is, it's opening your heart and it oh, is satisfying God. this devotion and practice and presence. And I know that, you know, you are doing other things. Come on. Like you're feeding the birds and I know you're sitting outside. I know you're doing other things too.
0: But yeah. I mean, right. he is the Ascension Cat. I have, other, I have right. other things going on. But yes, he's the main focus of life at the moment. Uh huh. If you don't follow Cat on Instagram,
1: then I, I suggest that you do because she's been posting pictures of Baxter, and he's pretty I'm, freaking cute.
0: I'm yeah. trying not to post too many pictures of Baxter. I have a lot on my phone already. so Maybe he needs his own Instagram account. Probably. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. right, so what else, Michelle, as far as – tools or ways that people can try to integrate this a little bit more, maybe.
1: Mm, I love the idea. I want to kind of riff on, on what you were talking about, about like the whole you, if you already have the shoes, you can go home anytime type deal, you know, maybe invite people. I'm not going to lead you through a practice right now, but invite you to imagine that you already have the thing and pick a symbol of that, whether, you know, you're wearing magic shoes or you're holding a box and, and really feel that sensation of uh, and uh, the reason I say holding a box is because um, I have this tarot deck where um, that I've been immersing myself more in in the tarot and looking through the the trajectory of the major arcana the fool is holding the black box of creation as, as he's running off into um, into the universe and then we see the magician is, Using the black box, the same black box of creation as his table, and then in um, card number two, the high priestess is sitting upon the throne that is made of the black box, so we see the the same black box all the way through um, you know the first several cards of the major arcana, and it 's talking about the trajectory of the this black box that contains the tools of creation the fool doesn't necessarily know what's inside but he already has it and it's through running off through this journey through the tarot that the fool learns these tools and can master these tools and thus move through the full cycle of actualization to then come back to return home right like any hero's journey return home to wholeness so i invite you that that might be a fun practice to you know, imagine yourself holding your own black box or wearing your shoes or holding the flower or whatever symbol it is that you want to offer to yourself of I already have this magic key. Here's what it feels like, what it feels like in my body to know that I'm already holding this magic key, to feel it in my heart, to feel it in my my mind. What does it change about my beliefs? To, To feel it in my energy body and just let yourself sink into that feeling and practice being in that feeling and notice what changes for you as a result. That might be a really cool practice to try.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like Michelle said, to really as much as you can physically, emotionally feel the feelings of it in your body and your energy in, in your thoughts, like what would your thoughts be and so on to really anchor that in. Um, that would be a great practice to do. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. Go me. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or you can get your little key and you can put it on a chain around your neck and you can be like, remind yourself, I got this, right? Because a lot of our spiritual journey and our our journey through healing can be confusing and ups and downs and all over the place. And you sometimes just need some anchor point to remind yourself, like, I got this. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, And that might be a good friend that you can reach out to or a mentor or something a group, something that you can get that if they can give give you that reflection of like, hey, you know what, like, you're actually doing great. You're okay. Um, I know I've made the the dumbest decisions we I know mean, I have ever made is like in those moments when I'm feeling like, oh my god, I need I need the key or I need something. I need something to save me. I need someone to help me. I need someone to save me in some kind of way. Like that's always when I just would spin out or make a dumb decision or spend money on something I did not need in the middle of the night, like a crazy person buying fucking programs on the internet. Like, Oh my gosh, if I only had the, you know, this thing to save me and then regretting whatever I, I purchased or not ever even looking at it or so on. Um, because it wasn't about the thing. It really wasn't. It wasn't about the key. It was about, my relationship to my situation and my experience in that moment, which was triggering some older shit that needed to be looked at, which was triggering unworthiness, fear of abandonment, fear of, uh, fear of success, fear of failure, uh, fear of losing love, fear of having love, uh, uh fear of, uh, not finding a home, fear of fear. So uh, it's it's like okay. So if you feel yourself spinning out on the search mode of what's the magic key that's going to save me, start to look at what's the underlying energy that is here that is signaling my search that I might be able to work with in a different way. I might be able to access and be with and engage with in a different way it might be opening something with, for for me right now mm-hmm. love that and it's like what you said earlier of what's the
1: thing under the thing mm-hmm. under the thing right you know it's not it's not actually about that thing it's about this other core need that if and this is a skill set right you know so kat and i are talking about um I don't. I don't know. Would this be considered like advanced, advanced emotional alchemy, or advanced awareness, or at least intermediate, maybe? Like being able to identify. So if this doesn't, if you don't know what this means, that's okay. Um, Right. Yeah.
0: Because at first, you're you're more than likely reacting and being reactive, and coming from a purely reactive space. And what we are looking at is is unwinding that to get beyond the, the purely reactive space.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So, so a way, what would be a way to walk yourself through that trajectory? Like imagine if, or can you describe that? Like if somebody's in this space, how do they then get to the, the place that you're describing?
0: Um, it depends exactly where you are, but generally a lot of times in that space, we've sort of dissociated, maybe left our bodies Um, gone into sort of fight or flight uh, sympathetic nervous system mode. So we need to do things like lay on our back on the floor or or take our shoes off and go outside and breathe uh, in through our feet and out through our hands into the earth. Uh, We need to to find a way to soothe and ground ourselves in, in that space to find the pause uh, to engage the parasympathetic nervous system by uh, doing longer exhales than inhales. So finding those little keys to <laughs> shift the emotional state that we're in so that we're we're able to not just to be in a completely reactive mode. Um, so that would kind of like be base level, like here you are at this place. And then um, as we get... Get through that, and you're able to go, Oh, okay, so what am i what am I feeling? and starting to identify felt sense inside and feeling this is what I'm feeling, oh, I'm feeling like my heart is beating more quickly, or my breath is like this, or my skin I'm feeling like um, overwhelmed, like I'm unsure. I'm feeling exhausted, like I'm going to, I just need to go to sleep. Like we all have these different response modes that our, our nervous system goes into. And just being able to track those in our, in our minds and um, sort of track them and kind of name them um, helps to sort them out too. And so then we can go, okay, so that's a felt sense that I'm aware of and that feels familiar to me. So where does that feel familiar from? Where am I trying to solve this problem from? And we might come up with like, oh, I'm I'm trying to solve this problem from the me that was left at the altar. I'm trying to solve this problem from the me that was abandoned when I was a kid. I'm trying to solve the problem from the me who was bullied. I'm trying to solve the problem from the me that was XYZ had this stuff that happened to me in the past. So basically, I am there, wherever that is. Because even though you're here, your system is here. So it doesn't matter, you're still here. So having that as an awareness then can go, okay, so if I was actually just here and that was just the past and I am in a different place now, can I start to change some of my internal internal environment to reflect that Mm -hmm. and then engage with the practices that are going to help to do that. Like I said, all of these grounding and the breath, shaking, making some sound, ah, releasing the old stuff so that we can just be present with what's here and go, okay, so do I really have to make a decision right now? I think is also an important question. Mm,
1: That's very, yeah. Most of the time it can probably wait. Yeah, that's a really good one. So, so I want to just kind of remind people, because you listed, um, you, you sort of gave us like four really good steps there. So step number one is, um, is grounding and clearing, right? Like alleviating stress response in the nervous system and the body. Step right. two, yeah, sensory and emotional assessment and awareness. So taking stock of what am I feeling? Step three would then be association of, okay, how is that familiar? What do I know that sensation from drawing connections to other life experiences in order to inform and understand more about your experience? And then step number four, you're saying um, to kind of separate out, okay, how can I alleviate my internal reality or, or bring my internal reality up to speed with this current situation I would add in step four B, see, okay, what is the the need that actually needs to be met? Is it the current situation or is it something from the past situation? And how can you, based on that, the association and the assessment of step, step three, then make the call, okay, do I treat this as this current thing and I can let this past part of myself go and be informed by that, but not let that part make the decision or is it not actually about the current situation at all? It's about this past thing that needs some attention. Mm-hmm. So little, little framework, if you need to hear that again, then go ahead and rewind. But like <laughs> the cat us through this really awesome kind of four step trajectory for identifying and then right. using okay. your many little magic keys to, to make those adjustments.
0: Right, because then you can assess, okay, well, this is about me being abandoned. So how do I not abandon myself right now? Yes. Um, and how do I not make the decisions is that I'm going to feel abandoned by? Yeah. Uh, how, do I, how do I be with myself and just love myself right now? Mm-hmm. And, I, and so that's generally a lot of what we uh, are taking ourselves through when we hit that point where we're like, oh my God, I need something to fix me, save me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so and we don't spiral out. Yeah, Any, I need mean, a $49 fix my worthiness issues um, right. program that I buy at three in the morning because. <laughs> right. That's, walk yourself, before you do that,
1: pause. Before you buy the $49 fix your unworthiness stuff, pause. Walk yourself through this four-step process. Maybe at the end you still need to buy the $49 thing. and mm-hmm. so, that's okay. If you decide that you don't, that's okay too.
0: Yeah. And- if, you know, it is very helpful to have a lot of different keys and a lot of different practices and a lot of different things that you can draw from. And that's, that's kind of one of the benefits of the search for the key is that, like you said, it's like the hero goes swimming in the ocean and climbs a mountain and does all these things. It's like, that's what you're doing. You're learning breath work. You're learning movement practice. You're learning... Meditation. You're learning these different tools that are going to help you as you're, as you're moving along, looking for the key, you're getting all the other, you're getting the keys. So, yeah. um, yeah. So learn how to
1: swim and climb the mountain.
0: Right. Right. And point. that might be the most important part is the swimming and the climbing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Any other tools you want to leave people with or um, in, in lieu of the magic key?
0: You know, there, I, there was, I don't know. There, were, there was one other thing I wanted to say, but I've, I've forgotten it now. So okay. no, no uh, consequence. Okay. We'll leave
1: space for it in case it comes up before we close. Let me see if there's anything else I want to add. I feel like we gave, we gave people a lot of tools. Um yeah. I I also want to say like yeah we sort of tricked you a little bit with the this, <laughs> this episode um you know we're advertising it as the magic key but again don't be disappointed that there is no magic key again it's it's this like be, the fact that there is no magic key is in itself the magic key and that's pretty awesome so please know that even in those moments and this is what I tell myself, granted these moments are, are much less frequent now than I think they used to be when especially when I was younger and especially when you know I was in this in greater tumultuous periods of my life. I think those are the times when I really want there to be a magic key. when you know there's a big life transition happening or like um, you know several months ago when I was going through this shitty breakup, I was like, oh I want there to be a magic key. I just want to know that everything's going to be okay. Well, I know everything's going to be okay. That's again, it's, I already know that I can embody that and act from that place of, I am completely whole and healed. My heart is fine. I, everything is unfolding in this perfect circumstance. And it was a practice to keep reminding myself of, I already have everything I need. I already love myself. I'm good. But in those moments where we're under strain, it can be really easy for us to kind of fall into that fallacy again so reminding yourself it's a good thing that there is no magic key because if there were we would miss out on a lot of other opportunities we would miss out on learning how to swim across the ocean and climb the mountain and ride the horse and and identify the flower of life or whatever other things our hero's journey might include mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: did you think of the thing cat no Mm-mm. no okay no it's okay all right well, there's plenty of, of other wisdom that came up. So thanks for joining us here for this episode 102, The Magic Key. And if you enjoyed this and if you've enjoyed any of our other episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. You can subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And if you like, please leave us a review. We have put a lot of effort into this podcast. It's our pleasure and enjoyment to create this for you. And it would also mean a lot to us if you choose to support us. You can do that through Patreon. We do accept donations through Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Shaman Sister Sessions. And even if you pledge just $1 a month, that is super helpful for us to cover the costs of producing this podcast and keeping it free for our global community. So donations are super, super helpful. You can also donate through PayPal. If you'd like to make a donation through PayPal, you can send that to shaman shamansistersessions at gmail.com. Uh, you can go ahead and catch up on any of our past episodes. Kat, do you have any resources that you want to point people at or any offerings?
0: Um, Right now, what's exciting for me is that in May, I'm going to be having a membership program that's launching and uh, which is going to have lots of keys and practices and meditations and energy practices and Qigong and little mini courses to take on the mystical and the practical aspects of life. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just going to be live coaching calls and so on. So it's going to be a really great community. So I'm building that out right now as we speak. So that's super exciting. That's the next thing I have. And then uh, I probably have a couple of spots for people who want to do private work as well. I think I have a couple of people cycling out this month. So um, yeah. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out and you can find my work at Uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. Michelle, what awesome. about you? Awesome. Yeah, I, hmm,
1: I'm doing some behind the scenes stuff right now. So I, I will say you're totally getting a like, little tiny sneak peek that I'm not actually really telling you anything about. But there's a few things um, going through some beta testing right now that are pretty exciting so please pardon the cliffhanger, but you're going to find out about it here in the next couple of months. If you want first dibs, when I do release those things, then you can go ahead and get on my list. You can do that at joyofenergy.com. Um, also on my website, joyofenergy.com, there's a free energetic survival guide that you can download if you haven't already. So if you want some of my favorite practices and, and um, some techniques to set up your own energetic survival to feel really empowered and grounded and safe and cultivated during this crazy time or any crazy time, then that's a free resource, free resource that I have for you. And you can also join Lightworker portal. You can do that through my website as well, joyofenergy.com and, uh, and access some really good stuff in there. Other than that, again, just like stay tuned Pardon the cliffhanger. Bear with me. I promise it's going to be good. And in the meantime, if you absolutely cannot wait to do some really awesome work with me, then I also have some spots for people to come in and do embodiment and rewilding work with me. So contact me through my website and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, thanks, Kat. Um, Thanks, Michelle. Great job. You have so many amazing tools for sharing with us. And I do want to do a little plug for Kat's membership because I'm I'm getting a little behind the scenes peek of what she's putting into it and hearing about all these awesome meditations and everything. And it's going to be a really fantastic way to get some absolutely awesome mentorship from her at a much more economical price than I think either of us currently have in terms of our-
0: Definitely. Definitely. And I just am, I'm also having a conversation with a, a sound healer who is putting together a proposal for doing my, doing like uh, custom tracks for my meditations. Ooh. So um, that's really exciting. We just had a conversation yesterday. So I think um, the, yeah, I think it's going to be super fun. Awesome. Very cool. Okay.
1: Well, for, for all of you go ahead and, and check out her work for that circle back for that article and then stay tuned for all my behind the scenes stuff that's happening and we will see you next time.